We are so honored that you would take the time out of your week to listen to this week's message. We pray that you find it helpful and life-giving. If you would like more information on Hope Church, you can check us out at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A dot com. Thanks for listening. We hope you have a sense of humor at Hope Church, because we do. And I am so excited this morning to introduce five amazing communicators that we have had on team. These are our A1s from day one, okay? These are our ride or die people. And I know that God has called them to a greater gifting. And I know that he wants to cultivate their gifting for his glory. And I'm so excited to give them a platform to begin to do that. So I gave them a heads up and said, hey, would you be interested in doing that? And I was really excited when all five said yes. They were interested in doing it. And I was like, oh, awesome. That means I don't have to preach for a Sunday. Just kidding. I really wanted to hear from them. Um, they are amazing and I'm so excited to introduce each of them. And would you just do me a really big favor? When I call them out on stage, can you just give them your loudest, biggest welcome ever? Can you do that for me? Because listen, some of them are like super nervous. And they need your support. Okay? So let me get, practice one time. All of our five can Come on. Come on. All right, all right, all right. That is awesome. All right, would you... Join me in welcoming to the Hope Church stage for the very first five on five, Hartley Holson. Uh, oh yeah. Hartley comes to us from Millsboro, Delaware. She is married to the amazing Dan Holson and has two amazing kids, Skylar and Alex. And she is top-notch. She is a paraeducator at Indian River? No. Uh, Central. Central. The Central High. Blue and gold. The wrong blue and gold. She knows. Seaford for life. Okay. All right. Next up, we have... Drum roll, please. I need drum rolls. I need a drum roll. Al Strickroll! Also known as Pappy Al. They practice that, I swear. Also known as Pappy Al. This is my dad. My dad. So you know he has wisdom galore from raising one horrible teenager or four terrible teenagers. I'm so excited to hear from him. He is not retired because he will never stop working. Uh, he serves tirelessly at Hope Church. He has the gift of craftsmanship. And he makes all kinds of things for us and fixes all kinds of things for us when they break. I'm so excited to hear from him. Next up, we have my girl. I need you to give it up real big. My girl, Kylie Carpenter. Woo! Oh, my gosh. Listen, I've never been so glad that I stepped out and invited Kylie Carpenter to be a part of our team from day one. Kylie serves at Hope Church as our campus coordinator, and she makes sure everything in this building is the way it is. Okay, I'm not even kidding. She is amazing, and she has the gift of exhortation, and she is going to rock it out today. She may or may not be dating our guitarist, just saying. Ooh. And that's amazing. Called it. 
Just saying. <laughs> I'm so excited. All right, next up, we have the one, the only Seaford native, Kyle Hubbard. Man, Kyle has been down since day one, moving equipment in. He is from Seaford, Delaware, and married to the beautiful Dina Hubbard. And he has two beautiful children, three, Taylor, Lily, and Rachel. And he is an awesome dad. He is a girl dad to the utmost. We're talking tea parties and baby dolls. Knows it all. He knows it all. It's amazing. Amazing. All right, last but surely not least, y'all give it up for the incredible, amazing, super fantastic Liz Lynch. She's coming equipped, equipped. Liz Lynch is an amazing woman. And Liz and I go all the way back to youth ministry when she said yes to Jesus at my very first youth event. Come on, won't he do it? Won't he do it? And Liz is married to Eric Lynch, and she is the kids director here at Hope Church. So literally, if our kids come running in here, just know they don't know what to do without her, okay? Uh, we are so excited to have her on stage, and I'm going to give it up to our first communicator, Miss Hartley. Would y'all give it up for her? All right, don't start my timer yet. I ain't got my stuff. All right. Hi, guys. How are we this morning? All right. That, okay, that's a little weak. That's a little weak. Let's try it again. How are we this morning? Woo! All right, awesome. So I get to start us off in jumping into the book of Hebrews, okay? And so I do what I do best, and I look up a video on what Hebrews is about, okay? And the really cool thing about Hebrews is it's for, like, comparisons of what was in our world kind of in the Jews' life with Moses and angels and all that stuff. And if they compare what Christ did compared to them, letting everybody know that these were wonderful messengers, but what Christ had to bring was more important and went over what um, the messengers and even Moses brought. Because in the New Testament, it talks about how we are no longer under the law, but we are under Christ. Now, we are no longer slaves to sin and law. We are slaves to Christ, right? Okay. So that's what Hebrews is about, and it does it four different times. And it even talks about how we no longer have to sacrifice animals. Can we all say a big amen to that? Woo! That Christ is the final sacrifice that we don't have to sacrifice any more blood. It covers all of our sins. Okay, so that's what Hebrews is about. So when we look at the context of what that author is saying, we don't even know who the author is. Um, my verse is verse 12, if you don't mind bringing that up. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even into dividing soul and, soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Okay, I don't know any other, like, physical weapon that can do that, and that's why the word of the Lord is a spiritual weapon. Okay, so... When we're looking at the context of where all this is coming from, um, we also have heard about the Sabbath. Everybody's heard about Sabbath, Day of Rest, Promised Land. Okay. All right. So in this, in this book, it talks about the days of rest. And what kind of happened was every time that God tried to give us a day of rest, we screwed it up. <laughs> we ate the fruit from the tree. We didn't listen to the God in the wilderness. So it took us forever to get to the Promised Land. And then they didn't even take all the people out. So they didn't get to stay. 
Okay, that's a lot of uh, book stuff, right? That's the boring stuff. No, I'm kidding. It's really, really good. So what do we do with that today? Okay, so what, what does that look like today in our world of technology and everything? Um, honestly, I really just love the first part of this, that the word of God is alive and active. And something that I actually get to say, because my mom's here, is she taught me that the Bible is God's letter to you. It's a way to communicate. It's his text message, guys. Okay? And the great thing about the Bible we've talked about at Hope Church is that it's a very unique piece of literature because an author used several different writers to put it all together, right? And the cool thing is, like, if I ask my mom for advice, she's alive and active, right? She knows what's going on in my life. She knows where I came from. And so she can speak life into the situation I'm in because she's alive and active, right? Our author is still alive and active. And that's why we can read the word and it can hit a situation that you were like, how in the world can, like, Reading about the Israelites coming out of Egypt have anything to do with go what's going on in my life where I was a slave to addiction? Well, it can because these are great, beautiful, eternal morals that are being taught over and over. Okay, so that's where you can do that. I have a whole lot here and it doesn't, I don't have time. They told me they're going to mute me at five minutes. <laughs> that's not going to work. So, so, but that's why the word of God is living and active. And when we follow it, with Christ being the final sacrifice and we follow him because he is the word and the word is, was with God in the beginning, when we follow that, we get to go into that rest, that Sabbath. Okay, quick story on the rest of my verse that they took off and talking about going into the heart and attitudes of your heart. Several, several years ago, I was very brokenhearted. I hit the bottom of my barrel and all my pieces of my heart were in the barrel. And so reconciling with God and my husband and just everything I was reading, I started at the beginning and started in Genesis, and it was like two tabs were open in my head. I was reading the Bible, and I was dealing with all my emotions. And so while I'm reading it, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're to the flood. I've read this a million times. But when I was reading, all of a sudden, right before God calls Noah out, it says, God detested the human race and was sad that they had, he had even made them, and it broke his heart. And that spoke to me telling me that he knew my emotion and I wasn't going to be alone and that it was active. And that's the end of my five minutes. <laughs> so I hope that that hits you guys, that God's, they didn't mute me. You didn't mute me. So I hope you take that just as an occurred. I'm going to give this to Al. Everybody, please welcome Peppy Al to the stage. Woo! Giving a microphone to an old-school Pentecostal preacher and expecting him to do a message in five minutes. Unrealistic. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before his eyes to whom we must give an account. Now, when you hear that verse, what do you think? Do you kind of get the impression that maybe God is that big eye in the sky looking down, waiting for us to mess up? Well, perhaps you think that some of the things that you've done in the past in secret, maybe he didn't see them. That's not what the scripture says. The scripture says that nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything, or as Emma would say, our thing, <laughs> <laughs> 
our thing is uncovered and laid bare before his eyes. So for some reason, when I hear that scripture, I immediately think of something that I may have thought or may have done that would not have pleased God. Perhaps you too can look back over the last hour, day, week, month, and maybe think of something that you have done that might not have pleased God. And in searching for that point of failure, perhaps the Holy Spirit has brought something to your mind just now. Good. That's his job. He's supposed to, to put those little, put your, what do you call them, sticks in you. They pokes and get you. All right. So that's okay. What are we going to do about it? Well, We could do nothing. We could let the guilt just keep on piling up, let it carry, carry it around like a weight. But I think it would be a better idea to get rid of it. How do I do that? I'm so glad you asked. Wow. One of the most powerful scriptures in all of the Bible is 1 John 1 and 9. And it says... If we have confessed our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He can make you clean. Hallelujah. All right. That's a little Pentecostal coming out of me. I'm sorry. Okay. So what should we do then? Why don't we just go ahead and ask God? to forgive us for that thing that he's already seen anyway and just ask him to forgive you and make you clean. Okay, and you know what? If you do that, then he has. So, now you don't have to give an account for it. Somebody should have said amen. He missed a good opportunity to say amen there. All right, okay. So, wait a minute. I have confessed all of my sins and God has forgiven me then what am I giving an account for? I'm so glad you asked. If God sees the bad, he also sees the good. Okay? And since nothing is hidden and our thing is uncovered, then God's eyes also see the good things that we have thought and done as well. And since we are already dealt with the bad, our accounting is for the good that we have done. And Scripture tells us that we are created for good works. As children of God, we exhibit God's nature that is alive in us through His Spirit by activating the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. And against such there is no law. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, about those good works, there's a caution that Jesus gives about them. That's in Matthew 6, and 3 and 4. But when you do alms, let not the left hand know what the right hand's doing. Thine alms may be in secret, and that thy father may see them in secret and shall reward you openly. And alms is just kind of a way of donating 
your time and your money and your services to others, doing random acts of converse, co kindness. So, oh, I'm over time, sorry. Okay, so wrapping it up, uh, God is all-seeing, nothing is hidden, bad or good. We need to deal with our bads by repenting and confessing and letting God forgive and cleanse us. We need to deal with the good works and prayers by fasting, by doing them to please God and not man. Then, when our thing is uncovered and laid bare before him, we shall receive our reward from him openly. Oh, it's my pleasure to introduce our primary speaker. I love you guys. I love you guys so much. Do you guys ever feel at a loss for words? You know exactly what you want to say, but you can't formulate the words that you want to speak aloud. I find myself doing that quite often. My family knows, my friends know that the words just don't always come out quite right. Um, I wanted to tell you today that we have Jesus, a great high priest, that can help us when we are struggling with the words to say and pray. Uh, the scripture that I'm going to be reading to you today is Hebrews 4.14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Israelites, high priest in the Old Testament, was the main leader in the worship of God in the primary mediator between God and people. The earthly high priest entered God's presence in the most holy place once a year on the Day of Atonement. By contrast, Jesus, our high priest, has entered God's presence in heaven, and there he remains. God reminds me often that when I don't know what to say, he knows. He's interceding for me when I can't find the right words to say. And I find myself struggling with that so, so often. And God has reminded me of that many, many times. As taking the position of a campus coordinator, I was really not confident in my abilities. But I just let God lead. Um. <laughs> God is making intercession for us as well. As we see in Hebrews 7.25, therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God. Through him he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalves. 
this is just a message from my friend Maddie. I asked her for advice for this uh, sermon that I would be speaking about. Um, I just wanted to um, read a message that she sent to me that was very enlightening. So when I read that verse, what I feel is just a sense of peace, knowing that God went through everything so that all I have to do is rely on him. It's all, it's almost like how you set your foundation in the confidence of Christ because it's not what we do by ourselves. It's not our works. It's his. But it's even more beautiful because he can sympathize with us and he can fill our pain. He's not just leaving us out there. He desires to chase after us. Oh, sorry. And that's it for Maddie. <laughs> Introducing Mr. Kyle. That's just not fair. I got to follow that. Let's give it up for Kylie again. Come on. She absolutely crushed it. I had a question for you this morning. Do you ever find yourself in a place where you just think nobody can understand you? Like what you've been through in life, the trials that you've faced, the things you've done, the things that have been done to you, like nobody can really understand who you are or what you're going through because that's just not their experience. I'm here to tell you today that's a lie. See, the Bible tells us much different. In Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Mm. See, the first part we need to realize about that verse is Jesus knows that we are weak. Because he took on flesh himself, and he understands what we face. See, we live in a world now where we try to pretend like we're all good. Even when you're bad and people ask you how you're feeling, oh, I'm good. We live in this social media dominated age where we try to curate the perfect life. We're on our Facebooks and we're posting pictures of the perfect family vacation or the <laughs> perfect first day of school pictures, even though y'all know it took you like 10 attempts to get those kids to stand still. And we want people to think that we're good, but in reality, we're not always good. We face things. We're tempted. It's a struggle at times. And maybe sometimes you feel like you're all alone. Like maybe you're that mom that just has to go and hide in the bathroom for a few minutes with a snack so that you can just get a minute of peace. And while you're in there, you are just feeling like, I don't know if I have the energy to even make it through this day. 
and I am very tempted to just quit. Or maybe you're like me and you're that dad that acts like he's got it all together, like he can handle anything. But the reality is sometimes you drive home from work with the radio off in silence and you stare out that window and the weight of the world that you've been carrying for far too long is threatening to crush you. And you're not sure that you can keep going or you're tempted to take a different road. And you feel all alone, but the truth is you're not all alone. See, the word says that we have a high priest who is able to empathize. He's felt the same temptations that we have. Has anybody ever said anything about you that wasn't true, that hurt your feelings, and you had that urge rise up in you to say something back? Jesus has faced that. Have you ever been abandoned or betrayed by people you loved, and there was a temptation in you to strike back at them, to make them feel what you felt? Jesus has felt that too. But the Bible says that he did not sin. Does that mean that we're perfect and that we won't sin? We can try. But the truth is we're frail people who live in a fallen world and we're going to fail. But that's the beauty of the gospel, that a perfect God gave his perfect son. He came and lived the perfect life that we cannot live. And he died the death that our sins warranted. And when he rose from the grave, he defeated hell and death. And in that power, we can come to him and we can seek his forgiveness and his mercy and his strength to carry on. Oh, Liz Lynch, y'all. Well, good morning, guys. If you don't have kids and hope kids, you've honestly probably never seen my face because I don't get out of there very much. I do wanna start by apologizing. I know most of the parents probably know we have snacks and drinks. I didn't bring those with me because I was told that the big humans don't really need those to pay attention. You guys seem to be holding it together pretty well, so good on you. <laughs> so that being said, I just kinda of wanna talk about how crazy kids can be. Whether you have them or not, you've seen a kid somewhere, and I think everyone can agree that sometimes they are a little crazy. Like, come on guys, agree. Like, I work with kids, I, I need you to agree with me. <laughs> and there's a lot of people who dedicate their entire lives to teaching little kids how to be good humans. They have to be taught basically everything. They are born knowing very few things. And one of the most interesting things that I think kids are born knowing is how to be bold. I think you can ask anybody who's held a baby, those cries are bold. Anyone who's been run up to in the store by a toddler telling them that they're pretty or they're ugly or <laughs> that they're going trick-or-treating tonight can agree that toddlers are also pretty bold. And most kids keep that boldness through early childhood. But eventually something happens. Something makes that boldness go away. 
And a lot of people might consider that a win. That bold child is no longer running up to people telling them whatever is on their mind. They're no longer throwing a temper tantrum in the candy aisle or in the toy aisle when they're not getting what they want. Most of the time, they might even stop asking at the store eventually. But I wonder when the last time as an adult, we felt that we could speak our mind. When's the last time you felt you could tell someone exactly what you were feeling? When's the last time you envied the way a child could ask for what they wanted and what they needed? Because maybe that boldness wasn't something we were supposed to eradicate. Maybe it was something that we weren't supposed to have stripped away from us. Maybe it was just something that we were supposed to be taught how to use correctly. Because as adults, I think a lot of us need to relearn our boldness because we were born with that for a reason. That boldness was given to us by our Father, and it is the boldness that we need to tell him what we need. It is with this boldness that we cry out to our Father, the boldness that God wants us to approach him with. I mean, he wants it so much, he put it in the Bible in Hebrews 4.16. Let us come boldly to our gracious God, It doesn't say that he wants us to approach him with cowardness or timidness, but with boldness. Because when we approach him with boldness, that we receive his mercy. We receive the grace that we need to help us when we need it most. We can't keep approaching the king of kings in our small, timid voices saying, Um, sir, I know you're kind of busy, but, and I know this isn't really important, I would really appreciate if I could have XYZ or if you could help me with XYZ. Come on, guys, we got to do better than that. We got to go up to him and we got to declare that we know that in his name, we will have XYZ one day, that XYZ will be helped. We shout it and declare it with boldness. And this is where we find that mercy and that grace. So when did you lose your boldness? When did you lose it? Because eventually we all lose it. We just have to figure out how to get it back. And that's one of the hardest things that we can do as adults when we've lost something is to learn how to get it back. So like I leave the kids every week, I wanna challenge you with something. I want you to try to find a little bit of boldness in your life to approach our loving father Tell him what you need, what you need help with, to get your people behind you and tell them what you need. Tell them what you need them to ask God for on your behalf. And that's the end of my five minutes. Oh my gosh. Oh my. Come on. Don't you just love how the Holy Spirit weaves all of these messages together? Amazing, amazing. Was that not so good, you guys? So amazing. I'm telling you right now, we got to hear more from these amazing communicators, don't you think? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am so honored. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you so much for working hard and researching. I know Kylie did her research like for real, for real. She wasn't playing. And I appreciate that. I love that. And I'm so excited to watch these five people's ministry. I've been, I've lived under my father's ministry. Don't, Don't mistake.
That man's ministry has a legacy that I won't even know about. But all of these communicators, I cannot wait to hear them again and to watch them grow in the gifting that God has given them. Wouldn't you agree they're gifted? Come on, right? So good. So good. All right, guys. So just a couple of announcements after I pray. So let's just take a moment and to think about the boldness that we get to come to God with and the, the high priest that we have. Would you just close your eyes for just a moment? Father, we just give you all the glory and the honor for who you are and for communicating to us through these five amazing people. You're so gracious and loving to us. God, we would just ask this morning that you would take what we have heard and use it this week for your honor and for your glory in our lives. God, we ask that you would continue to cultivate in all of us the gifting that you've given each of us. And I know there are even more communicators in our audience right now. Father, I pray that you would just give them a spark right now in their spirit that they would go, mm, that's me. I pray that you would help them to sign up for growth track and to get connected with how they can cultivate their gifts. God, we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you found today's message both helpful and inspiring. Hope Church meets every Sunday at 10 a.m. in Seaford, Delaware. If you would like more information, you can find it at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's hope, D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening.